Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the October edition of One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program. This is the only monthly compliance program focusing on a different subject, taking a deep dive so that it will help you have a more effective compliance program. This month, I will be talking about One Month to More Effective Compliance for Business Ventures. But first, a word from this month's sponsor, the Volkoff Law Group. Hi, I'm Mike Volkoff of the Volkoff Law Group and proud sponsor of this month's podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested in the company, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. The Volkoff Law Group specializes in corporate compliance, internal investigations, and white-collar defense. We are your partners in our joint mission of building an effective ethical culture for your company. Our 10 years experience shows that business cultures can change. We are committed to work with you to achieve an ethical culture in your company. We address your company's anti-corruption, antitrust, trade and sanctions, anti-money laundering, and other regulatory and legal risks. We do this through practical guidance that your company can easily implement. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series of the same name. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals. Thank you, Michael. In this month's series, we will take a look at the role of compliance in mergers and acquisitions, the role of compliance in joint ventures, in joint venture agreements, distributorships, franchises, teaming agreements, partnerships, as well as other types of business relationships. At the end of October, you have an excellent grounding in what you need to do for a business venture under the FCPA. My one-month series of One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program running through 2017 is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 17, the Corporate Controller and Business Ventures. One area not often considered by the CCO as a key part of any compliance regime is the Controller's Office. The Controller's Office generally has the responsibility to accurately record and report financial transactions for the company, to design and implement and execute financial processes and controls of the company to be both effective and efficient, and to safeguard the financial assets of a company. Some of the compliance responsibilities of the controller's office include designing and implementing internal controls that impact legal, ethical, and compliance risks, accurately recording the financial transactions of the company, and preventing and detecting fraudulent activity. All of this means in practical terms the controller's office is both the keeper of the books and records and the implementer of internal controls. Moreover, with many of the many of these internal controls would most probably be viewed as financial internal controls. There are additional internal controls which are not financial in nature.
One thing about the controller's office, as noted by Russ Berland, is these guys really live in the battle zone. They are constantly looking at financial transactions. They're evaluating them. They're figuring out <coughs> where things go within the books and records. They are implementing the processes that should be keeping fraud from happening, keeping bribery and corruption from happening. This means that not only can the controller's office be one of compliance function's strongest corporate allies, the role of the controller's office by its nature is to operationalize compliance. This is because to implement the appropriate internal controls around compliance, the controller's office must know the specific requirements of the FCPA, what kinds of issues are likely to come up that might create a risk of bribery and corruption, all leading to an appropriate understanding of the appropriate compliance internal controls to implement. This is most particularly true around offshore payments, which are generally defined as payments made to a location other than the home domicile of the party or the location where the services are delivered. For instance, if a Tunisian agent who performs services in Dubai asks for a payment location somewhere other than Dubai or Tunisia, that will qualify as an offshore payment. If you train people <coughs> who are in the controller's office on this issue, all of a sudden you'll get someone in the controller's office who will give you as the compliance practitioner a phone call and say, hey, we just saw a request for a payment to this guy in a Middle Eastern country and we're not sure what it's for. That's where controls are working, as opposed to the person just dealing with it on an administrative level instead of keeping your antenna up. These types of communications, when properly documented, demonstrate that your compliance program is operationalized into the fabric of your organization. Another way to view it is if there is a controller's office control for such an area scenario, which notes the exception and requires the clearance of a red flag through additional investigation, evaluation for approval, and documentation of the pro entire process. This is a financial control which acts as a compliance internal control as well. It strengthens the company's internal controls to both prevent and detect key compliance risks going forward. Another area for the controller's office is on the company's master vendor list. And here, this is obviously a part of your business ventures because many vendors come into a strategic or other contractual relationship with the company through the vendor master list. Some obvious internal controls that no one person or business venture partner gets paid unless they are properly on the correct list. No person or business venture is admitted unless they are onto the list and unless they've gone through an appropriate level of due diligence, which of course varies by task, function, and country. The controller's office can also put internal controls in place where employees attempt workarounds when they can't get someone paid going forward. Such apparent financial controls might well include those around the manual check process and your internal requirements for international wire transfers. So international wire transfers are obviously something that would have FCPA implications when money is sent outside the United States. So this is another place where the controls controller's office can be a key component of your fully operationalized compliance program. Finally, even to this day, petty cash continues to be a source of funds to fuel bribery and corruption. The controller's office is always on the front lines for petty cash. 
These issues are usually dealt with with what are generally viewed as internal controls specific to controlling the outflow of money to business venture partners and requiring those business venture partners to have gone through some due diligence. All of this is sitting right in the controller's office. Additional benefits to the compliance function include the retrieval and analysis of financial data and the design of internal controls. It allows the compliance function to rely on actual financial expertise rather than homegrown financial expertise within the compliance function. It extends the compliance function influence through to the controller's office. Finally, the compliance function is made aware of relevant concerns by recording transactions, executing internal controls, and financial monitoring. These benefits are not simply a one-way street for compliance as the controller's office benefits from a closer relationship with the compliance function as well. The controller's office can leverage compliance resources. The compliance function can bring its own observations and insights from investigation and emerging risks to the controller's office. A closer collaboration will broaden awareness of compliance risk, which relate to financial processes. Obviously, by more fully integrating compliance into the controller's office function, a more robust picture of enterprise risk, including ongoing business ventures, arises. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, when you start with offshore payments, you see that every CCO needs to more fully integrate the controller's office into their compliance regime. Number two, suspicious payments, whether they be offshore payments, whether they be manual checks, whether they be international wire transfers, or whether they be petty cash, must be flagged and further investigated, and if a red flag does arise, it must be cleared. And finally, the controller's office is both the keeper of the books and records and the implementer of internal controls. In addition to the specifics I've detailed in this podcast around how it can help in offshore payments and other types of payments to business ventures, never forget that the controller's office can be most helpful in the implementation of internal controls. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day 17 of one month to more effective compliance for business ventures, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 18. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month More Effective Compliance for Business Ventures, and I hope you'll join me again. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only daily podcast which will lead to a more effective compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tbox at tboxlaw.com. Once again, thanks to this month's sponsor, Mike Volkoff at the Volkoff Law Group. The podcast series, One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.